This, this evening, I'm going to share with you just briefly a, a short little message on brokenness. In this day and age that we live in, in a prospering America and a prospering church, a culture of positivity, we don't want to hear a message about brokenness. We want a message that wants to make us feel good. I have enough in life, we say, to bring me down. I want a happy message. See, the happy message is everywhere. It begins when we're kids at Disneyland, McDonald's, happiest places on earth. Our lives are a continuum to just find, buy, do whatever we can to pursue happiness. I want happiness sometimes at the expense of God changing me. I want my happiness at the expense of of God transforming me. But see, then I'm reminded of this. Jesus' words. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your word in heaven is great, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. See, the difficulty with the popular message of the church today of being happy, being prosperous, and just wealthy and all these other things is that there's so much other scripture that says that God wants us also to be balanced in our lives. Some would say, well, that's the problem with you, Greg. You always seem to find these things. You go and search these scriptures out. Give us the happy ones. Give us the ones that make us feel good. See, I'm compelled by the Spirit against the will of the church of today that I would rather, rather than hear a happy message, I fear the Lord more than that. I fear the Lord that is within me that I communicate anything less than He would give me, anything less than He would be saying to us today. When I have not heard from Him, I will not speak. I will not come and give you just any old message tonight. If, 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 if I haven't heard from God, then I will not even speak. To, I, will just, I would just rather just, us just worship with songs. See, I want you to think about the message of the prophets. Jeremiah, why was he called the weeping prophet? Isaiah, because he continually gave us uh, the, the song of judgment that was coming. John the Baptist, repent. Noah. See, the Bible says that we're living, it's going to be like it was in the days of Noah, the days that we're going to be living in. King Ahab, remember the prophet that King Ahab had? He says, I don't, don't go get that guy. All he ever does is say bad things. I don't want to hear what he's got to say anymore. Some people would say, Greg, you know, you could attract a lot more people on Tuesday night if you give us a happy message. You could, you could attract a lot more people with, with uh, more flies, with honey, if you just make, sweeten up that message just a little bit. What if I told you God wants to break you? What if I told you that being a Christian, you were going to have to endure pain? What if I told you that knowing Christ could cost you your life? Would you still want Him? 
Would you still serve Him? Would you still trust Him? See, in this world, we throw out broken things. When they're despised, we toss them in the trash. We send them to the refuse pile. God's economy is different, though. His ways are not our ways. He loves broken things. He loves despised things. See, in Psalms 34, 18, it says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Man, I love that. Isaiah 57, 15 says, I dwell in a high and holy place. Some, script, some translations say a lofty place. And also with the contrite and lowly of spirit in order to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. This God who dwells in a high place, He loves lowly things. He says if you want to be first, then you're going to have to get in, in the back position. He says if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, then you're going to have to be the least in this world. God loves broken. And I want you to know this. You are everything to God. You are the apple of His eye. You are special to Him. But He wants us broken. See, 2 Timothy 5, excuse me, 4, 5 and 6, it says, But you, be sober in all things. He's talking, Paul is talking to Timothy. He says, Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. And then Paul says this about himself. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering. And the time for my departure is near. Now I thought about that scripture. and I, I, I remember like 27 years ago, my uncle came to our church in Selma and he preached a message on the drink offering. And I remember it stuck with me so much so. I'm like, wow, this, that drink offering. And Paul saying, I am being poured out like that. But I didn't even know this until I was researching this today. And I found out that there's another scripture. Paul didn't mention it once. He mentions it twice. He says in Philippians while he's in jail. He says, but even if I am being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrifice and the service of your faith, I rejoice and share my joy with all of you. Mm -hmm. Paul mentions it twice because he knew what it meant to be broken. See, the drink offering was first mentioned in connection to Jacob. Before Moses, before the ceremonies, Jacob. The Bible says in Genesis 35, 14, Jacob was about to get his name changed. He set up, he set up this pillar and, he, and he, he built this um, memorial to God at Bethel. And it says there that he poured out a drink offering on his sacrifice. And then he poured oil on it. The drink offering represented what Christ was going to do years later. But the oil represented the Holy Spirit that was also present already back there in Genesis. See, God wants to take something beautiful, like these beautiful grapes. See, the Bible says we're created in His image. So, He wants to take something like this and He wants to crush it. He wants to crush it. See, that's... You cannot have a drink offering until something beautiful has been crushed. 
And then once it's crushed, then you can pour it out. See, Paul was saying this. God's taken something in my life. He's crushed it. And then he's pouring it out on the sacrifice. See, the drink offering was a hint of wine, the Bible says. And on top of the sacrifice, they would pour this hint of wine, which would then almost immediately just evaporate and go up into like a mist and a smoke into the air to be acceptable to God. Paul is saying this, I'm not the sacrifice. Jesus was that. I'm just the mist. I'm pouring myself out to be the smoke. That's the aroma, the fragrance of God. That's what God is calling us. He's calling us to be the fragrance of God. He's calling us to be the fragrance of His sacrifice. See, pouring out a drink offering was just, was just the topping. It wasn't the sacrifice. Paul says his life is like a drink offering. It's not the sacrifice, but it's that sweet aroma that goes up before heaven. The message of today's gospel, the message of gospel today is to follow after a happy God who loves you. See, that's the message that we want to give the world. Why wouldn't you want to serve him? He's going to make you rich. Why wouldn't you want to serve him? He's going to give you everything you want. I believe what he said was, he'll give you everything you need. And if your desires are after him, he would give you those desires. But see, our world wants this. Who wouldn't want this? Just let's give, give him everything. Make him, make him feel good about it. But this isn't the entire gospel. The entire gospel is what we saw going on in Nigeria. That's the church. God would like to take something beautiful and crush it and break it so that he can use it. If you've got a really high calling upon your life, you have to go down low. It's just part of the deal. And the depths that you allow God to take you will tell you how far God can bring you up into a place of prominence. If you don't let God take you into the depths, He can't take you to the heights because He won't be able to trust you. This thing is all about you being trusted by God. It's about you being developed. This distress and this development is designed by God to make you into the kind of person He really wants you to be. But you know, in all of that distress, God is with you and He never lets hold of you. He never lets go of you. He keeps hold of you. He is with you. Because He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And this whole season of distress and development is about you finding God. And once you've really found God, you can't lose Him. 
Because it's about you getting hold of God and Him getting hold of you. And He breaks you. How many of us know you can't come into the fullness of God unless you go through brokenness? Most of us are resisting brokenness. Blaming it on the enemy. Running away from it. That can't be God. If any service that we want to do for God or man is likely to be of lasting and permanent benefit, it must be saturated in our heart's blood. That which costs us nothing will not benefit others. If there is no expenditure of tears, prayers, and love, it will profit nothing. Let us rather seek to be poured forth as an offering. It is when Zion travails... That she gives birth to a child. No heart pangs. No seed will ever be planted and give birth until first there has been that breaking. Our call is one of sacrifice. Romans 12, 1 says this. I beseech you, brothers, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your reasonable act of service. The church is called to follow the master's steps in his sacrifice and in life for men. She has been prepared to suffer with him. Did you hear me? The church is being prepared to suffer with him. She must surrender the joy that is set before her and the ease of life, the luxury and the earthly power in order that she may go out to her Lord and bear his reproach. So great was the enthusiasm of the early church that the church fathers had to establish public edicts that said this, prohibiting Christians from doing things that were dangerous, from putting themselves in the line because otherwise they would have perished so quickly. See, that's how the early church, that's how the church of the first century operated. They, they knew their life meant nothing in the sense of, of physically. They had given it all to Christ. Brokenness is God's requirement for maximum usefulness. Brokenness breaks our self-will, our self-reliance, our self-righteousness, and our self-centeredness. Brokenness is not chastisement or punishment. If we sin, we reap what we sow. Yes. There are consequences to the things that we do. Although, during the process of being broken, we may feel afflicted. We may feel condemned. We may feel stricken. We may wonder where God's favor is. But I want you to know this. In the midst of that, God's favor is right on you. And that's why he says, in all these things, rejoice and be glad. James says it like this, consider it pure joy when you face trials. Yes, there's going to be suffering. Surrendering to the Lord, it may cause you a physical, emotional, spiritual, and even relational pain. But the blessings on the other side of brokenness are what we're concerned about, because it's worth it. Paul said it like this in 2 Corinthians 12, 12 9, he said, he said to me, my grace is sufficient to you, for my power 
is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather boast in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with my weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Does your theology today allow for brokenness? God's does. In fact, he says, it's necessary for you to have brokenness in your life, for you to be used by me. It's not that we're defeated. I want you to know, broken people are not defeated people, because you belong to him. You are right where God wants you to be. In fact, Paul says it like this, even with all he went through, he says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in this world. When I'm weak, I'm strong. I want you to know today that this outer man, the body, the soul, the mind, will, and emotions, the soul is the mind, will, and emotions, this outer man needs to come into alignment, into agreement with that inner man, that man that is controlled by the Spirit of God. The only way that happens, the only way alignment will come in, you will come into agreement with the spirit that's within you, is that brokenness tears apart, breaks apart the body and and the soul. That outer man has to die. I was in here with the guys on Thursday, and I was praying, and I said, guys, (laughs) the Lord's calling me to die. He's calling me to my death. And they knew I wasn't talking about physically in in the sense, but they knew that I was talking about God was, was wanting me to go into a different place than I'd ever been before. He wanted me to die to myself. He wanted me to die to all my feelings, all the things that were important to me, so that I could live for Him, so that my inner man could come into agreement with that outer man. See, what happens most of the time is that inner man, he never is able to break out because we control him. We don't allow brokenness in our lives. We don't allow God to break us. And I want you to know this. Brokenness, God breaking us, is his design. God's breaking us is for our own good. That one guy there, he said, he says, we, we blame it on the devil. We blame it on everything else. We pray, God, please get me out of this situation. And God says, listen, you're right where I want you. You're in the exact place so that I can use you to be poured out. I want you to be poured out on the sacrifice. If you want to be useful to God, if you want to make the biggest impact in this world, then you know what? You're going to have to be broken. I say that like this. We are going to have to be broken. If we want to see revival come, revival will never happen without us being broken. It's when we're truly broken that the world can see who dwells in us. See, when He breaks us, it's then that His light is able to shine. I'm going to close just with something that happened last night to me. <laughs> Billy's laughing because he knows what I'm going to say. <laughs> um, 
when you take a spanking from the Lord, you have to, uh, you have to take it, you know. And uh, I had been, went to my, the secret place last night and I was wanting to cry to the Lord about all my troubles and everything that's going on with me. And I heard the Lord very clearly say, Have I not commanded you to be a man of God? Have I not commanded you to be a warrior? Is this how a warrior acts? Is this how a a warrior operates? And you know, the Lord showed me real quickly two pictures. He said, there are people in this world right now that would take your problems over their problems. They'd buy them from you if they could. The persecuted church around the world would love to have probably any of our problems. Sometimes it's just, it's just that perspective that God has to give us to make us realize that, you know what, it's all just relative to what's going on with you, but when you really see what's going on in the world, you say, Lord, you know what, thank you. He said that when, when you get into these trials, when you get into these circumstances, he says, consider it joy. Consider it not just joy, but pure joy. And I said, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. You have called me to be a man of God. You've called me not to be a whiner, complainer, bellyacher, murmurer. You've called me to be a man of God and stand forth the way you wanted me to live. And I say this to you today, not to make you feel bad, but I want us to understand that in the big scheme of things, what we may be going through, even if we're losing everything, reality is those, the video from last week and the video from this week show us what, what's really going on in the world and, and, and what real, real trouble looks like. Well, that's exactly what I said last night to the Lord. I said, Lord... I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed to bring even these things to you. Because probably, I shouldn't say probably, I know, God says, listen, you're in them because I designed them for you. They were created for you so that you could grow. So I, I leave you with that tonight. That, you know, as we walk this brokenness out, listen, God has your best in mind. He has the best in mind for you. You know what? It may, look, it may look bad. It may look like you're afflicted. It may look like you're forsaken. It may look like everything is coming down on you. But you know what? In the midst of that, God says, I have your best at heart. If you have submitted yourself completely to Him, God, I am yours. And that's what I keep. I pray that every body line up with my mind, mind line up with my spirit, spirit line up with the Holy Spirit of God. That's that whole process of, of that inner man coming out and that outer man being broken off of me. God wants to break that off of us so that we can walk in the goodness and the fullness of Him. But it means that, you know what, in the midst of that, His fullness may be trouble. His fullness may be trials. His fullness may be things in our life that that are going to shape us. But He wants to mold us into what He wants us to be so we can be used by Him. All of us. He's calling us to that. Amen?